0: Welcome to the Boy Thrive Podcast, where we're passionate about empowering boys and men. With insights and practical advice from experts and real-life stories from men who have overcome challenges, we're creating a supportive and inclusive community that helps boys and men thrive in all areas of their lives. Introducing your host, Apando Maureen, who is passionate about nurturing a future generation of all-rounded responsible fathers, husbands, leaders, brothers, and uncles, who are secure about their role in society and encourage both genders to thrive. The Boy Thrive Podcast will be available twice a month, so be sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes. Welcome to the Boy Thrive Podcast. Today, we have the honor of hosting Jonathan Mwonge, a true champion of voice development. As the manager in charge of curriculum, uh, Jonathan brings in exceptional expertise, passion to the table, and with deep understanding of the psychological and emotional challenges faced by boys, Jonathan strives to create impactful educational experience for boys. His dedication of course goes beyond curriculum development as his activities mentors and guide boys, emphasizing the importance of positive role models through insights on discipline personal growth and fostering healthy relationships jonathan empowers not only the boys but the parents educators and the community as large join us as we explore the transformative power of education with jonathan mwangi jonathan welcome to our show and please introduce yourself
1: yeah thank you maureen um pleasure to be here on the boys thrive podcast um i think i was very well introduced jonathan mong is my name um, just uh, I, I serve as the manager, curriculums and uh, admissions and also communications. Um, yes, the boys mentorship program uh, here based in Kampala, Uganda. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Now, I was going, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago that I, I was going through the boys mentorship program and I'm out because of the amount of things that you do for boys. Most of those things are not technically available in most African countries. And I would say it's not available in my country. So what is the boys' mentorship program? How did you guys come up with it? And what does it strive to uh, to solve? Thank you for
1: asking, Maureen. Well, I am part of the greater good. Uh, I am part of the greater vision. The whole vision of the boys' mentorship, um, our vision He is the one who has envisioning um, you know, a society where a boy can grow up when he's mature, um when he's uh, to grow up to be responsible in the future. What value system does he belong to? Um, what are the traits of manhood that subscribes to as he grows? So, um, with that passion and vision, um, uh, our lead mentor was able to start the boys' mentorship program um, about uh, close to 10 years now. Um, so. He, he, he was really passionate, Even us for who are serving the whole thing is to be passionate that what you went through you don't you you, you want to empower someone to actually do better um, so really that is that is about the vision. But it is an NGO now. Um, previously we we were struggling to to to, to find where to fall. Um, Because in Uganda we have something called Sakate. I'm sorry, Maureen, but maybe some viewers will understand. But Sakate is sort of like a program where they Mm -hmm. take girls through nurturing uh, at different age groups. Maybe if you're Mm -hmm. 13 by now in Uganda, uh, common activities need to have learned how to peel matoke, which is a Mm staple food across many regions in the country. So you need to know how to peel the matoke, then you need to know how to wrap it in the banana leaves, and then you know, uh, uh, put it on fire and then, okay, the whole, you know, the whole taking care, but now, okay, this is only on the side of him, but now, so as a man who's growing up, so we say, how do you groom a man, how do you groom yourself, how do you speak, how do you uh, present yourself in public, what do you say when, uh, you know, called upon, how do you treat yourself, how do you, you know, some value of integrity, how do you, how do you behave when no one is watching so that is when we um, reached, uh, reached out to the concerned parties, uh, government of Uganda, appointed uh, the Ministry of Gender, they said, no, we can't register you. So until, four uh, mm-hmm. years ago, our government uh, came up with the NGO Bureau. Um, mm-hmm. So that is when we were fully, now became a fully registered NGO. So they are our regulators, they know the activities we do, the age groups we handle. And, uh, Yeah, they know our
0: services. Most people, they would hop on an idea only when they see results or they see where it is going. Most people would not want to just come into something that like you haven't started off and probably would not even support you a lot if there is nothing to show for it so i understand what you say when you have to present something and you don't quite get the approval you need so in your experience what are some of the common challenges uh, that boys face in their psychological development and how can we create a space that promotes their positive growth
1: well number one challenge from experience i'll say low self-esteem um, there's a very big problem today low self-esteem i mean you meet a boy uh, Twelve years, fourteen years in a mall, and tell him, can you go and find out where the restroom is? And you know, and he will feel, you know, he will feel like the ground wants to swallow him. He will say, I'm not seeing any poster, or say walking in a supermarket, <laughs> you want to ask where is the store for deodorant? And so it's a very big challenge that it, it takes a toll on them, even now into the advancement of. When, when the teenagers are ending the 18 and the 19 and that is why we are seeing now today most boys end up not being able to actually stand up for themselves or being able to speak or you know and our uh, mentor likes to use this stuff let us not raise weak men let us not raise weak men let boys be strong again but how can they be strong we need to revive their self-esteem how do we revive the self-esteem for example we put but we have we have, in, in all our programs, we used to have a yeah. standalone program called the public speaking workshop, but now we realize that the problem the problem was bigger in that, uh, and, and also, we could not, even hosting that program alone was not going to be easy because we had a lot to do. So what did we do? We embedded the public speech in each and every program that we have, yeah. be it our road trips, be it our adolescent camps, be it um, even the Europe trips, uh, you know, that type. Like, some like some boys are about to travel and this month. They so we embed those classes, we embed those lessons, but why to teach boys and we did not do it theoretically. When we talk of workshop it's not theoretical, we do it practically. Like I'll give you an example. And the other time when a certain town east of uh, um, east of east of Kapala and then this boy walks up to me, so we had we had a had bus stop somewhere and went went into the market to visit. And then this boy tells me, I want to ease myself. And he's asking me, where are the washrooms? Look, I tell him, look here, we traveled together from Kampala. I've not been to Balik a couple of times. So what are you going to do? You're going to walk to that lady over there and ask them where the washroom is. And the fact that he was already in a situation where he was badly off and he had to release, you know, he had to ease <laughs> So it was very easy for him to do that. So the next time, he will actually understand that it is, very absolutely normal to reach out to a person and seek, you know, and ask a question and get a response and then act towards it. So this is the of self-esteem I'm talking about. There are so many hundreds and thousands of people out there who cannot speak up even, you know, when they're in a small environment like that. Psychologically, like I said, it is one of the biggest problems that now brings, uh, you know, one after the other. So now, if someone has low self-esteem, they cannot be a leader. No, one of the things, yeah. one of our greatest, uh, you know, missions is to raise leaders, you know, leaders who are strong, leaders who will, you know, take the country and, 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 you know, the world to, to, to another level. But they cannot do that if they, they have low self-esteem. So we need to boost their self-esteem and for boys to, you know, be strong.
0: Being able to express oneself and also just overcoming the fear of self-expression is really important because without that, And imagine that boy now he was by himself with nobody who is um, maybe encouraging him. I think he would try to look for another alternative that would not necessarily be suitable even for the society because imagine that situation. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, getting the boys to have that self-awareness and self-confidence, how can parents and mentors play a role in supporting their boys, you know, emotional well-being and fostering maybe a healthy expression of themselves? How can the parents come in? How can the society come in? How can the schools come in generally?
1: I'll I'll tell them to take advantage of every situation. This is what we've learned um, as the Boys Mentorship Program. I remember in lockdown, um, you know, when they had locked us down, we could not meet the boys physically. We were also used to meeting the boys physically, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, time. Came, and now we also had to be innovative, and we say, why not meet boys over Zoom? Start doing some cooking classes over the camera. So uh, we would get recipes and, and you know share the items to prepare, and then boys would you know would get involved, and then they started um, cooking these different items. Uh, this came from the boys' business club actually. So we say, why not start a business club? So we started out as though we are just making them busy trying out different recipes. But later on we said, okay, these boys can actually earn from this in their surroundings because uh, during the lockdowns and also uh, being minors, they could not go so much in a very far place. So we say, why not use their surroundings or their neighbors, actually start earning from the little that they're making. Let them not only make for the family, but you know, for the people around them. But now, how are you boosting that self-confidence, that esteem? So, number one, the boy has to reach the parents. Some boys have low self-esteem; they cannot even ask for what they want from their own friends or their own parents because some mm. things are natural. Because you're sure that every day, all I need to do is get up at 5:30 and sit in the car and be taken to school. Yeah. And then after, I will do what I will wait. But now you're trying to kill some level of of routine. So, so the boy started. Okay. Uh, making different stuff, samosas, cakes, smoothies, and all this kind of stuff. So now realize realized that the boys' estimate was actually being tested. So they needed to go to the market, so maybe buy charcoal, maybe as the gas is done, they need to maybe talk to a bike guy, Where is the nearest gas, uh, maybe talk to their helpers at home, or I don't know, just the people around, you know? So you, through that speech and that interaction and that movement here and there, you know, the, the boy is actually gaining the confidence in one way or another. And they can tell you, the boys that went through that program, they never their estimate never get the same again. And they can stand up for themselves. So it brings me back to the point of let the mentors, the parents, the teachers, take advantage of every situation. I always tell parents that, you know, you don't have, when you park, give the money to the boy. Let him be the one to go to the supermarket. If he makes an error, let there be room for error. Do not scold you know, all the time. If he makes a loss, you know, you teach him that in life, you know, that's also a lesson that in life there are also losses and profits, you know. So the next time, you will know that it is actually, I have to go and ask for the exact product that I was sent for
0: because Mm -hmm. getting
1: a refund isn't as easy as it seems like. So I will stick to the point that let us take advantage of every situation. You know, everywhere you are, there is always an opportunity to, Mm -hmm. you know, boost that, that self confidence and. you know, have the boys boost
0: their self-esteem. A great insight. Now, this ties in with the concept of discipline, which I think often varies between modern and traditional parenting styles. What are your thoughts on the most effective approach uh, to discipline that helps boys develop and, you know, become responsible as well as being able to express empathy for themselves and other people around them?
1: Yeah, well, to believe in our African tradition. um, Yeah. We know that now, most of the parents we have, or we receive children from, do what we call the modern parenting, as you said. But even as we mentor, we have our pillars for mentorship. Three. Number one is, is going to his lead we call our chief mentor. Number two is psychology and research, and number three is the, the African culture and tradition. No, we cannot run away from our African tradition. We know what they have done for our society. We know the people it has produced. And we know what mm-hmm. it is capable of producing. I mean, we have seen it work, you know, mm-hmm. but we have also seen the modern parenting fail. That is why we cannot rely on it 100%. You might pick yeah. one or two yeah. things from there. Um, because, mm. I mean, in the modern day age, we, we can't run away from that. There's a lot of technology. That, you know, in traditional parenting, there was nothing like fonts. But now, you'll need a font to check on the boys at home or the you know the kids are at home so one or the other you're going to leave a phone you're going to leave a laptop you're going to leave a tablet the tv is on um so there's a lot of dynamics but why traditional parenting it is because the belief system of the traditional parenting was so strong that it could not be shaken mm. i mean one it was one word for the wise. is enough it was not yeah. it was about, it was not about being discussed you know in modern parenting, you have to sit down and ask, Do you want to go to this school? I mean, <laughs> now, what kind of, if you as a parent, who is supposed to be obeyed? You know, even the Bible, the Bible instructs the children to obey. It does not their say, parents. yes, to obey their parents. It does not say that <laughs> you will only obey if they give you. So now, there is a lot of the if statements that young people are, are, are trying to pose on the parents, that everything is conditional. <laughs> if I have to go to school, you must give me this. If I am to go, if I am to wash your car, I must have this. If I am to read hard, I must have this. So where is all this coming from? this is more than parenting and i will tell parents that it is them who are not in control
0: where did they lose the control actually it is very true right now because everything has been monetized if you want a kid to do something they'll go like how much are you giving me but that the kids you're still taking care of them they're still under your roof you take them to hospital when they're sick like they are not taking care of everything in the house literally but when you ask them to take part in the family um there, there is a monetary attachment. Is this because parents have given up their roles, they're too busy, or people just don't want to use the cane anymore? Is it, is it a problem of caning or something? You know, is it, what is it?
1: Well, there are two sides of a coin, the spare load and Yeah, you, know, you can withdraw some privileges to attain mm. the results that you want. I always tell parents to get the difference between a privilege and a right. Even in our programs, we tell our boys there's a difference between a privilege and a right. playstation is not yeah. a right. A phone is not a phone is just a privilege. Food you know, school, Yes, now listen, going to the, best food, to the best school is not a right. It's actually a privilege. There are many boys who are going to different schools. You will not take your father to the police station to tell, you know, to say that he has not taken me to Green Hill but taken me to you know, uh, Nairobi something primary school, you know, down in the, you know, in downtown. We must Mm. know the difference and let boys earn the privileges. The problem is in modern parenting, privileges are given even before they are earned. And now withdrawing them becomes the challenge. So now you have to sit down on the round table and actually ask, you know, and actually begin with this chap, you know, a 10-year-old actually, you know, commanding why they need to be, you know, we go without uh, the discipline, you know, we go without looking at the track record of discipline and we say, okay, um, this time you have performed badly. So no TV time. We are not going for DSTV Explorer. I mean, cut down some privileges so that someone can understand that these are actually only earned when you gain a certain level of responsibility. Not mm-hmm. only in terms of performance or what you want to see, but it is also in responsibility. Because now, today, if you ask a modern parent why they are actually giving something, to bed, they will not have an answer, More, I'm telling you. So, so now, yeah. the only reason is because they can't afford it. The issue of just because just because you can afford it doesn't mean you have to get it for them. Yes, you don't have to get it for them. Let them earn it, you know, give it in a form of appreciating or in, in, in form of mm. a gift say you mm-hmm. did well so i think mm-hmm. if you continue like this you can earn yourself this yeah. but don't say um oh, mom i want this yes 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 i mean parents need to learn to have some nose the no train the other part of that let us because parents are always doing the idealistic situations of the child will, yeah. uh, will start stealing other people's property. Hell no, why would someone if they need to learn to appreciate what they have?
0: I also think that parents uh, sometimes give gifts or buy them even before time because they, they want to give their children probably what they lacked.
1: Yeah, now that's a very... I, I, I honestly don't think it's a really right mentality because I mean what they lack but you're alive today. You know, you're able to... <laughs> I mean, no, listen, you birthed children and they are now, you know, they are in school, they are surviving. Mm. So, your parents not giving you what they gave you meant that you didn't have to reach here. Okay, probably you had to put in some form of energy to reach where you reached. But I believe mm-hmm. you already making life giving in some other perspective. Let parents make life in certain perspective, but not in yeah. perspective, you know, of you know, that will derail responsibility, or that will cause indiscipline in the long run. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, like going back to the, the difference between right and privilege. when you do not differentiate mm-hmm. between right and privilege, you're going to have problems in the future of indiscipline. Mm-hmm. There'll come a time when you can't say nothing. Because you get, yeah. you're always giving, you didn't refrain. So modern parenting, yes, some people may survive on it, but for us, we, as our pillar is traditional parenting, which will make you um, see the best that you want to see in child.
0: I still agree with that kind of parenting because it makes people um, responsible. It strives people to actually get out of the cocoon of having everything provided and like earn your rights, earn what you need in your life rather than just waiting for it to be given for no reason like just because just because i don't think that really helps so in that regard could you please share some example of strategies through which we can encourage boys to explore first their interest uh, their talents and their passion and probably how this can contribute to the um, the overall development of such a boy yes
1: um exploring talent now boys are gifted differently uh it's also one thing we tell parents you need to know mm. what gift your child has and probably you've seen the gift but you're actually ignoring you know <laughs> yeah. from, the word, that? From, the word, from the word go you actually saw so, mm-hmm. but two things you're either trying to impose on him something mm-hmm. that is not going to work for him or mm-hmm. you are succumbing to a certain pressure just because maybe in your circles or mm-hmm. you know or, or, or you feel this is what is going to make you more successful yeah you know So parents, Mm -hmm. these are the two things that they are, or even the listeners out there, these are the two things that will actually kill your child's interest. Now, boys are very, you know, when they reach, you know, especially the teenagers, they'll they'll start telling you what they like openly or through their actions. Maybe what they watch or uh, Mm -hmm. the pictures he has, if he has a phone or the things he Googles, if he uses your phone. You will find fastest bikes in in the world. Uh, maybe if he's an artist, uh, best you know painting tool today is the best artist right now. Who is the best first painter right now? So uh, you know such things. You know the uh, 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 things that you need to take mm-hmm. and a, a keen eye on. But also, mm-hmm. some parents mm-hmm. really tend to ignore that the teachers in which our, our 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 chaps go to the the schools where they go to. I mean teachers yeah, yeah. spend more time with these boys so they know where they thrive most. They know maybe he did well in uh-huh. MDD, music, dance and drama, maybe this one did well in basketball this one did well music. Mm-hmm. This one can start recording a few songs. Maybe start by giving him a mic and let's see how it goes. So you need mm-hmm. to know where your boy can thrive, but you have, we have to keep our eyes on the ground. Even us in the program, we know how boys are gifted mm-hmm. differently. When it comes to maybe dance, we know how people Comes to football, we know how people Comes to basketball. So every boy has an interest and a talent which they were given and which we must help them to exploit. Now, how do we ex- help them exploit? Really just putting the spaces in which they can thrive. There are lots of academics out there today. There are lots of music recording, you know, places. But, you know, we ignore all this and try to pretend that they don't exist, you know. <laughs> Alone. I don't know how many recording or studios there are, yeah. you know, find one that suits your value system and be clear even when, you know, when you're going, ask some people to help. Even us, they have some parents, we help, you know, when a boy is having, um, you know, music classes. We had a boy who could actually host a radio show, so, you know, we uh-huh. help them connect them to a, a radio station. Um, where they start, you know, start early, Yeah. Excuse me. i and start understanding what's a radio, what are the dynamics in a radio, what course do I need to do, um, mm. you know, is there a short course I can do in the summer holidays? Are there some YouTube videos I can watch? Some boys are good at playing instruments, you know? Most recently that the Boys Europe trip is, is helping, you know, there are some parents who are able on another level who can take their boys to these academies. But sometimes we mm. think the boys who are in those academies come from Mars. No. They are also normal people, some even of African origin, but it's because their parents sacrificed because they saw the gift that their child has. So it is more of exposure. So we do we try to give these boys a lot of exposure so that they can see that it is actually possible. Like some of our boys were selected to go into some of those academies, so plan their yeah. progress. Of course, it takes time. One thing I also must talk about is time because parents maybe think, um, and you know, all the other stakeholders, guardians, teachers, and all those, they they think that um, the results will come instantly. No, you know, it's going to take a lot of work, it's going to take a lot of commitment, I can tell you. It's going to take pressing on, there will be disappointment, uh, you know, but there will also be encouragement, you know, if if you hang on and press on uh, towards, So, really, it's about keeping your ears on the ground. You will always know what your boy is interested in.
0: I think that also points to the parents to be actively involved because, for example, if you have activities that are going on, they are not going to be free in most cases. Uh, A few of them will be free, but some are not that free. And so if your child is interested in something that is not free, you have to sacrifice to see them through. So these are calls for the parents, full involvement. There's no way you can, you know, delegate really this. If you want your child to actually pursue their dream, then you've got to play an active role in their lives to make sure that that happens, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. The parents have to be involved, um, you know, it's not about picking and dropping. It's about asking if the music school uh, can you play me a song? Uh, how many notes did you learn today? If he's playing the yeah. piano, if he's playing football, uh, go to the you know to the arena, watch him play the basketball via the court, watch him play. Um, you know, do you need shoes? Do you need socks? Do you need comfortable? You know what yeah. tools do you need to help you thrive in your,
0: in your interest? So. Yeah, that kind of stuff. We've already spoken about parenting and the modern parenting issue, but, you know, in today's rapidly changing world, uh, what are some of the key aspects that modern parents should consider to ensure that uh, boys are equipped with uh, the necessary skills for success in their personal and probably professional life? Because I know this kind of investment you make to your child, they'll carry through. Some of them will actually end up doing what what they started as young children. So for the modern parents, you know, because right now we are, we've are we reached that level. Most of the people are, you in, know, in millennial parents. Yeah. So what can they do to make sure that they support their children and make sure that these kids, you know, maybe get a foundation for their professional life as young as they are? Yeah, I think for the foundation,
1: because when you talk modern parenting, we are talking more of, uh, especially the boys who are, you know, on international curriculums and who are so much exposed. You know to, to, yeah. you know, to modernity and technology mm-hmm. and all those kind of stuff. But number one, I think it's accountability. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest problems we have is that boys think they are only accountable to their inner the self. But now we've got also, both boys were coming from single parent families and now you find a boy is making the mom's life a living hell. It's like, it starts also, mm. if it's a yeah. single dad, maybe they're making the life who's single dad a different yeah. So you need to have other stakeholders to show in the African, I'm, we are borrowing this from the African you know, tradition of parenting, yeah. the African parenting style, okay, you only bear a loan but you don't raise a loan, something like that, I don't know, I don't remember that African. Suburbs. I think over here we say that it takes a community to raise a child. Thank you. Yes. it <laughs> <laughs> so you, you do not have to do this alone. Parents think you have to do the parenting journey alone. No, you will not do it alone. You've got you you need the mentors, you need the teachers, and you also the parents need to give the authority to these people. Because for, for example, when a boy comes, when you bring a boy into the program, okay, you look here, you are giving us the authority of the parents, and you sign even before you sign you know, even when you're applying to join, you know, any program. say you are giving us that authority to be the Mm. disciplinarian, to be, you know, to be the mentor, and because we know what is going to be right for you at the end of the day. So you brought him to us, so empower us. But Mm. even the reason why some schools have issues with parents is because they are not empowered. You know, Mm. you find Mm. a child recognizing, when a child is suspended, the first person Mm. to defend them is the parent. The The parent. But what did they break? They broke school rules. So how do you then, how then are we going to work together to raise this child? So what do yeah. they say? That is why a lot of schools just dismiss. They say, mm. okay, find another school and you know... And they just you just go with your problem again because you didn't actually solve it. Exactly. So what am I saying? Let us raise boys and children at large in a community style of raising. Otherwise, mm. we cannot do it alone. Even us, we can't do it alone. That is why you know we you know we we invite different stakeholders. You know if when we need the church, we go to the church. When we need elders, we invite the elders. And the ladies, we have we've got some lady mentors, some speakers who come to you know to teach, to speak to us because you know we are not an island. So yeah, a true. Of people who um, who are really experienced and passionate, really, to you know to see uh, the lives of others you know the lives of our. Um, so largely like community I think the rest is embedded in there the whole mentorship mm-hmm. program the schools and, and you know support them by you know supporting them when you call called upon. but also uh, back to our point of you know understanding the difference between right, rights and privileges because we're in a yeah. world where different can afford you know, everything so you know we, we, we just some of them and yes but some and then we've mm-hmm. got We've got, you know, uh, aunties and uncles. And the mm. other day, for example, I, I had a certain mentee was telling me that, oh, you know what, uh, you know what, manager Jonathan, uh, you know when I when some uncle of mine found me uh, at Akasha Mall, okay, we have a very famous mall, Akasha Mall, and then mm. he just told me, you know, he just actually added me money. He didn't even ask me what I'm doing outside. He didn't know whether I got permission. So can you imagine such a kind of thing? You know, yeah. I always tell parents that you also need to sit down the so people who seem like they are maybe uh, responsible for, it. let's say you have a son, but maybe the cousins uh, you know, mm-hmm. so the people who you know, your circle your circle of people, yeah. your friends and then your son's friends you know, how, how accountable you know, accountable are they how are they helping us that sense of responsibility, and still we do that because we need to instill that sense of responsibility as we raise boys who are true generation who are a generation of men.
0: i don't know if we can say that most people do not proactively uh, engage in their children's growing up because um, the people who are around us obviously are going to make a difference or make a situation that is um, fragile become worse if we don't pay attention to who they are. So this is going to be about vulnerability about men because we are in a culture where that does not acknowledge that boys and men uh, can be can feel some feelings and express them. The question is how can we overcome societal stereotypes and biases that may hinder boys um, ability to express themselves and seek help when they need it as well as to develop healthy relationships as a result. Because we are our own enemies at this point. We do not believe, especially I'm talking about the African culture. We do not yeah. um, believe in a man who expresses himself. Then he cannot uh, allow the boy to express himself. You'll we'll hear men, or father's telling the children, um, men don't cry, man it up. Or, like they just cover it up instead of opening up. it up and making sure that we deal with the root cause of an issue rather than just bottling it all up. So what can we do? Well, first I think, we believe it's not. It's not
1: really about men not opening up. I really think the spaces today are now there where men can open up. Though mm. I know there's still, there's still that stereotype of uh, you know men don't cry and all that. Of course, men do cry, but actually they should change it and say uh, men don't cry maybe in public.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I know I, I anyway jokes aside, I'm I'm just kidding. But I know for a fact that today. There are so many spaces that have been um, that have been put there. One of which are like ours, oh, as well, welcome, you know, young men to come and talk, you know, talk to us and what are their struggles, what are they struggling with? You know, they, they, mm-hmm. there are a lot of, not a lot, there are quite a number that are starting to come up. And mm-hmm. but when we talk about, um, you know, you don't want you, you don't want to also go down the drain because when you say that men start. Um, you know, men start. Because you're literally saying, because well, you you might have opened a window to say that let men now start being private.
0: They are very careful to close the line. <laughs> I don't, look at this. Look at it this way. Most men, instead of facing their issues, they cover it up because they they have not been trained or they've not been in an environment where it is normal to express oh, issues. Okay,
1: okay, that's what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Now, now that takes me to accountability. I'll talk about it this way. Mm. Every man, even when, uh, okay, those that maybe have ever attended, uh, even in premarital counseling, the first thing they tell you as a man, is who are you accountable to? Mm. So that whoever is reporting, they first report you to that person because it is easier for you to also take your issue to them. And also when they speak to you, you will take it it in good faith. But what is happening today is that there is a lot of... Even when the information is false, men find themselves in spaces where they cannot even say a word. Why? Because by the time they get to know the the environment has already been polluted, you know, you're already being called a bad man in front of your children, the children have already been put on one side. And then and then this, this is why men, some men actually end up running away. But what is the, the problem? Because we also need, as men, we need that space. But how is that space being created? Because when you say uh, men do not talk, it's probably because of something they have gone through. We'll tell you for a fact that in our program, we tell boys that, yes, it is okay. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to speak up for yourself. You need to speak up for yourself. For us to be honest, we tell we tell boys that a true man does not does not lay a hand on a woman. Yeah. But we are also saying that avoid like we are also saying let the ladies know that it is also not good to provoke a man. Because mm-hmm. a man is a man. We cannot you know, we cannot we cannot hide away from that. So yeah. in a man's being a man, when you talk about uh, being able to speak out and hiding away from the situation, I think it goes back to whom are they supposed to talk to? And also, when you have an issue with a man, whom do you go to? Because even going back to school, I, I believe most of our audience shall be the parents, going back to school, there are always people, when there was an issue in the boy's wing, they would talk to the senior men, the warden. So, even the issues would start from there internally before they go externally. Mm-hmm. Before even they you mm-hmm. hear the name being read or in the disciplinary committee or anything. So first try and get the root cause of the problem. But today yeah. you find the environment is already polluted. So how can you stand up for yourself in you know in already in a toxic environment? I
0: don't I don't think I don't think we we might want to just limit maybe our minds to maybe. Listening, looking at counsellors and talking to them, I think there could be also a possibility that men um, have other men friends. It does not necessarily yes. just have to be talking to women. So if they yes. could have other men friends, other people in authority that they respect and also who respect them, then they will be much more easier to talk because um, if, we, if we put it in the setup of where both the girl and the boy are going to talk about the same thing, then that, that is a little bit tricky. But if we're talking about, if, for example, we have a father, then he cultivates an environment where the kids can see him privately and talk about something they are going through. And just handling, even if you have seven children, just one have one at a time, yeah, not like all of them together and everyone is trying to is competing for your attention. Just have one at a time let them talk to you, let them share what they share. Maybe you can have a walk next time you go swimming with one, the next time you go shopping with another. So like everyone have that your personal attention and you create a space where now they they feel that when they come to you, they're always free, like they don't have to hide anything from you. I think if they develop something like that now, when they become adults, they replicate the same thing because the foundation has already been made, they've seen it work. But then again, it also comes to a parent has to make the initiative to do this yeah you i mean you hit it spot on i was going to say
1: i, I think it was after the lockdown uh, yeah. after the lockdown our government i think police through the Uganda police reported a surge in domestic violence yeah and then so i think we hosted a small media briefing and even our lead psychologist at the time and our lead mentor this is the issue that they pointed to that men let there be some Committees that the men respect in every locality at the LC1 level. Let the issue start from there, but don't scale the issue to the central police station even before the smaller unit of governance. This doesn't know what exactly happened. So how do you expect a man who has already been embarrassed at district level to go back <laughs> to his home country? No, like seriously, we need, to, we need to go slow, even as you know, you know, even in conflict resolution. You know, mm. so that was asked, mm. and but also as you say, uh for our boys and, and and you know, for parents, how how they can make this atmosphere, you know, because you know we are in, in the in this game of, of naturally boys to become, you know, a, you know responsible men. So yeah. it, it is the environment that you said, the example that you said. Can can a boy come to you and tell you something, um, you know, uh, that maybe that, you know, I had I had my first wedding dream last night. Come. To they are going to tell us they have actually never opened up, but they are both. There are some mm. fathers who are doing quite well and they tell him, no, come on, it's normal. You're now an adolescent, you're going to expect these changes and, and mm. so on and so yeah. forth. And this yeah. is also going to come and this is what you're going to have to do um, when these changes come. You can always talk to me, my door is open, you can send me a text, you can call me when you're at school. Feel free, you know? So those kinds of encouraging statements that, you know, uh, will get
0: up on the atmosphere. The other thing that is almost related to this is that uh, boys often, I think, face a lot of pressure to conform to some societal expectation of masculinity. Now, how can we create an environment that allows the boys to embrace their individuality and express themselves authentically without the fear of judgment and, of course, stereotypes?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one, uh, because (laughs) because, um, number one, there is what society actually expects of a man, Mm. the boy. You see, we talk of boys, but we know that (laughs) um, manhood is a, you know, when we teach boys what boyhood and what is manhood. So so for them, they actually transition from boyhood to manhood. So as a boy. You need to know what is expected of you. We have what we call um, um, the reflection. You know, mm. um, by this age, I must be keen that maybe by 24, uh, mm. I need to be done with my university education. Yes. But like uh, why didn't why I didn't want to, uh, to to call it a stereotype is because also why sometimes timelines help boys in their journey. Because we remove that that you know that delay and that time wasting you know in life. And then mm. someone is uh, you know forty and then now they're remembering that. Okay, that's why so we have a lot of thirty-five year olds who are sitting in their friends' houses. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, so what? But it's because at some point some parents were 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 maybe uh, what they call it lenient enough. You know, they were lenient enough to say that, oh, okay, you know, you still have time. No, you don't have time. <laughs> if you do things early enough, the better. But you cannot afford to delay. You see, know, we put a timeline and say, like, like the example I gave, by twenty, you know, by 20 or something. And then after university is when you can now start looking for a girl to marry.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. So the 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 goal is focus on your academics, help at mm-hmm. home, um, act responsible. If there is a dog to wash, wash it. The cat wash, wash it. Um, Be clean. Um, do the you know the you know the mentors. If it's pulling up a horse pipe or water, you know, do what is expected of man. You know, mm-hmm. and then. Keep in mind that when the time comes that I will do what I was actually thinking I was supposed to do now. But when it's right time comes, let it be done. Now, stereotypes, of course, definitely today, there are so many stereotypes. Um, every guy must, um, okay, there are good stereotypes. For example, yeah. every, man <laughs> every man must smell good. Yes, but I, I want to be honest. Every man must smell good, but now, it is a good stereotype, why? If you smell bad, your problem in society. People are going mm. to walk on the path and people are going to walk in different directions. Mm. So now, what What are the bad stereotypes? So the bad stereotypes are now, have you ever, how can you be there when you've not smoked a cigarette? How can you yeah. be there when you've smoked shisha? How can you be mm. there, at, you know, 20 blah blah blah, when you've not, you know, and you can't even take in five beers in one night. Those are bad stereotypes. Now that we come to break, you know. So in our mission statement, we call it breaking the misguided traits of man. Um, okay. There are, there are a lot of misguided traits that they are that are being instilled in boys. Yet you know, it is not it is not their portion. It's not supposed to be their portion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are good things that. Can be followed. There are good things out there that are expected of a man. A man is supposed to dress smartly. He's supposed to present himself well. Supposed to mm-hmm. smell good. Supposed to look good. Have kept hair. Not put on torn clothes. Not on shoes. Clean socks. Have a good handkerchief. Actually have three. Okay. Actually have a white handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So so there are those things. You know. Mm-hmm. If it goes to if it goes to a little cream, that's okay, but, you know, we, we, are, we are trying to set the standard, you see? Mm. In the boot camp, mm. we tell boys well, come with six white handkerchiefs, for well, the mm. six white boxers. Why white? Because if you can manage to, if you can manage the white To color, maintain it. Yes, if you can manage to maintain white, meaning no other color will give you problem. Yeah. You, white, you must come with a white pair of bed Hmm. Actually, two pairs for the nine days that we have the camp you know but remember you are coming from drills you're coming in mad sometimes you're probably mad but before you enter on that bed in your body to the brim mm-hmm. I, the
0: I really I really like that because even married people uh you'll find a lot of complaint with women that men have like they get into the house put their socks on the floor they live there just things on the floor for someone else to do the cleaning so here I am raising my daughter to be a good woman and somebody else is not raising a boy to be responsible for his own affairs that's the, I think that's that's a bullseye I love that yeah yeah so really I don't want to call I don't want
1: to go on the end of stereotypes but I believe <laughs> some some standards that we set actually help mm. our boys become determine um, yeah responses.
0: yeah now, when we're talking about the expectations, yeah. this this book I like to say that African parents especially, they like telling their children to, when they're younger, they, they, they're in school, when they get to um, high school, like concentrate on your books because university is coming. When the university comes, concentrate on, um, on your books because you need to look for a job. Then when they get the job, where is your wife or where is your husband? And they're like, where am I supposed to have gotten all those people if I was concentrating on my books and my classes? So <laughs> that is a real issue. So when we're telling people to concentrate on this, I think we're also supposed to like um, teach them about being social. And this does not necessarily going into into um, fornication and all things like that, but just yeah. being able to express themselves to other people, have a social life.
1: Yes, while practicing the self-control.
0: So how do we ensure that even when we let the we ask the boys and and, and the children to concentrate on the on the goals, which are of course life goals, get here, reach here, reach here. Life has tests. How do we ensure that they also are social, so that um they just don't have one aspect of their lives covered and another one are lacking or suffering? Yeah, the thing is, um these timelines do
1: not take away your present, you know, day-to-day life. They do not take mm-hmm. away um we are well aware of the fact that not everybody is actually going to hit this mark okay mm. not everybody done in primary school at let's say what is the primary school 13 12 i told them but you know mm. so, but it is okay we also you know preach that gospel point quote that it is okay if you have not you still have another chance You can Mm -hmm. actually do better. You know, you can actually go back and concentrate and be able to finish at the end of the day. But those timelines are to keep you in check, you know. Mm -hmm. Because, more in the things that you did in time, now, time comes. You see, the whole essence of parents being present in this parenthood journey, up to a time Mm -hmm. where where you are away with them, is that they instill a certain system within you in that, mm-hmm. that system when you are away from them you will use it with your intuition and and, and the present day experiential knowledge to actually navigate the world's problems so of course along the way marine when you left them maybe you know you've had your own challenges but what is yes. in you is what has actually built you know is what has built that confidence that that, mm-hmm. that you know that wisdom for you to be able to you know for some things to think and know that okay i need to do this by now i've not done this mm. by now then i'm mm. in trouble but if i delay it is okay but at the back of your mind you already know that you've stayed mm. you get it so now yeah. if i'm doing things without any form of pressure and i know that i'm not delaying or i can take my time that is why every project has a starting time and a finishing time <laughs> I mean, even life itself is a project. You know, yeah. you, are, you know, you started, you started. The time started. The time has to end. I mean, everything yeah. starts and ends. A football match starts, it ends. This podcast started, it's going to end. So, I mean, let us teach boys that there is a time for everything, and they must be caught that that time. So, the pressure, the pressure has to kick in at some point. But it is also that pressure that goes, that 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 keeps them
0: going. Yeah. Well, well justified. <laughs> so my my uh, actually two more questions that I'm thinking about now. The other one is the role of positive male role models is crucial in shaping the boys' development. So how can we encourage and empower men to actively participate in mentoring and guiding boys in their communities? Because the reason why we majorly have an issue with the with the males is because most of them are not present as fathers. Most of them are are there as fathers but are not actively taking the role of parenthood. Like, if you go to most African households, the mothers take the center stage. Very few of them will find the man being the authority figure in that house. So, how do we um, make sure that uh, men encourage boys actively?
1: Okay. Yeah, thank you for that question. You know, there's a scripture that says men build houses and women Build homes. Yeah. And in the home, that is where the children are. By the way, for us, we believe traditionally. I don't know how. Now this is where now that the modern parenting comes in. Mm-hmm. Because I believe where the whole normal. Why most times people are forced to say absent fathers. Mm-hmm. They say maybe you first answer this. They say absent because they are not present in the home. Or like you said they are not actively involved yes that's what you meant
0: yes they can be present like they're physically there but they are not taking part in the discipline they're not taking part in the guidance just just that they come back they read the newspaper or they disappear in the drinking dance you know the drill <laughs>
1: okay okay now in terms of really being present i believe um by the way in the, in in the in the in the upbringing of children mm. I believe we believe that mothers have a good parent mm. you ask me why for example, I'll give you an example when you when when you have a son and he's going to school mm. it's very easier for you to know what is It's easier for you to go enter his bedroom and go under his bed and check <laughs> even the suitcase that he has packed far far more easily than his than than the at the mom. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a scenario. Um last week I think I was somewhere with a certain parent and they were telling me how their, you know, sixteen year old teenager had fucked want unw- some unwanted stuff by the school. So mm-hmm. when they get to the school, the dad notices that he is uneasy. So this is a present father, is present in the lives of his sons and you know, they are always, you know, doing stuff together. And now here the dilemma comes. So now also, so he calls the wife and says, "Hey, madam, could you come and see? Um, do you mind come coming and talking to you know?" Then he looks next. So and then the mom the mom also narrates to me how she started our conversation. You know? mm-hmm. because the boy is naturally scared that the dad is going to do something maybe outrageous, <clears throat> embarrassing. now it is time for the mom to step in No. know how did the mom step in the mom said, you know what lennon let us not take these things too far what you all you have to do is just tell me what you have in there and then we can solve the issue amicably without the teacher getting to know because if Mm. the teacher knew they would actually send him back home maybe for a week or two Mm. and Within a few minutes, the boy had come down and was able to talk to mom. You know, in just a split second, you know, and then yes. said, "You know what, mom? I I brought these shoes. I know they are not wanted, but I feared the news that you or dad, if you had seen me packing them, I was mm-hmm. going to be in bigger trouble." But you see now, you see the power of your parenting.
0: That is
1: that is that is good parenting because now both of them are actively involved. Yes, but you know how would you rate the activeness of the father because the dad didn't even take for him he had reached school he just so he said as this one is now you know he he quickly said this one it seems this one has a problem can you just take it (laughs) but i I want to be honest and and tell you that this is how father's parenting is most times the Mm. father's presence alone most times i'm saying most times Mm. It's good for these activities, take them to play and swim and all that. But most times, just the boys knowing that, you know, or just children knowing that the father is present alone sometimes is enough to inculcate a certain level of discipline and responsibility. Mm. Because they know if he left left his chair like this and like this, it's already trouble for me. Because for fathers, one thing leads to another, you know? So, you finished my table, by the way, you didn't show me your report, by the way, why did you do bad in math, by the way, you know? So the by the ways now start blowing. But what am I saying? I know there are many, and in today's, in, in, uh, being being fair to the fathers too, it is being, yes. uh, you know, it, it is being extremely difficult, of course, to raise children and, you know, and fend for the whole family and all that. But i are we saying? mothers really have a, a, a role to take precedence. They have that softer you know they, they, they are more connected even emotionally to the lives of, mm. the, of the children especially boys so it is mm-hmm. up to them to take up that advantage and use it you know and use it in, in for the greater good of parenting to see the child you want mm. to be but if you keep on complaining about absent father it, and and some people mm-hmm. who actually complain that the father is absent is actually not absent but also, some mothers, I tell them that, look, you're also not uh, putting, uh, you know, you're not creating an atmosphere for the father to be present in court. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, every weekend, you're the who puts your, put your program. Why don't you let the man's programs then thrive? Say, okay, this weekend, no, I don't have any control over the kids. You take them. Take them with you to the farm or to the park or, you know, yeah. to the village when you're taking the dogs those kinds of activities are what make fathers present but if you expect that fathers are going to i don't know there's certain maybe there's a certain level of present that we have not yet understood that the world will <laughs> but but to, to be honest i feel like majority of that of the fathers are not doing bad are not doing bad per se maybe there is a fine tuning that is needed Maybe mm-hmm. there's a fine tuning that is needed, and I'm not saying this to defend, but really I'm saying this from experience, because most mm-hmm. times when we get these complaints, we try to dig deep and find out, you know, what does the father do? Does he disappear for months? You know, save so for those who, you know, work, you know, miles away and then they come. Yeah, those are absent there. Yeah, we can agree. That is not where we, we, we you know, uh, tell you to please have some, uh, you know, male figures in your family or within your circle or. Uh, whom the man can actually say that, you know, when I'm not here, look here, Jonathan, you can always look to Uncle So and so, you can always talk to him you can't reach me, or so if you find it hard, if you want to, you know, go somewhere, you know, so stuff like that. And uh, I believe at, at the end of the day, we can, you know, it won't be a replacement as such, but, you know, it could be a good uh, substitute. Yeah.
0: Now, um just finally, I'm um, um I'm curious about the the activities that um that you offer at uh, the boys mentorship program. Could you just talk to us a little bit about them, as we can conclude this chat? The activities that you do, um, at what point, what age do you accept people? How can they reach you and all that? Now yeah. it's about the boys mentorship program, Africa.
1: Yes, yeah, so the boys mentorship program, uh, Africa. Um, we are really passionate about the boy child. Want to create a generation of true men, um, you know, instill that sense of responsibility. Really, bring up men who are socially, economically, and, and, and you know, upright in this, in, this, in this tough generation. So the programs we have, first and foremost, with programs that we have, we have quite a number of programs. Number one is the military school. Boys come to this happens once a year. It's a good compact. There used to be two, but we narrowed it down to one. Uh, that happens once a year, and that is in December in Kampala, Uganda. Um, we admit all our programs are designed for boys from 7 to 17 years. We yes. believe that if you will start this mentorship journey at 7, by 17, we can actually set you off into the world and say, okay, we're good to go, just keep on. The value systems with these traits and with these traits of manhood, and go and apply them as well. Um, mm-hmm. And now, when a boy transitions over to from from 17, because legally we are legally legally bind by that age, as I mentioned to you before. Um, mm-hmm. So when a boy clocks 18, now he is now 18. We know that's the legal uh, age one. That's an adult now. That's an adult now. So now the the best that the program does so far is to pay with um, mentor. So that that now transitions into a program called the One Mentor One fine. Mm-hmm. So let's say I, Jonathan, am paired with a mentor, maybe Moses, who I am accountable to. He mm-hmm. knows what I'm doing now. He knows where I stay. He knows. Uh, relationships that are you know uh, what i'm trying what am i doing with my life what is my five-year plan what is my mm-hmm. plan this year what have i done at the end of the year how do i plan to do better so that kind of stuff mm-hmm. then um, after the boot camp uh, program number one is the boot camp program number two we've got what we call the boys school of and Chris. so we also deal with boys who have who have issues with the discipline school or at home Mm-hmm. So we have we have our correction center that we take them and, and they undergo that uh, you know that behavioral change uh, to be mm-hmm. so they are, they are able to come back to school. So we tell parents, what good is it for a boy who who, who is in to come to school? So that means maybe they need first value school by coming out of school. Mm-hmm. Maybe get back to school. Um, mm-hmm. I talked about the, pub, the, the public speaking workshop. Which is no longer stand alone, but I speak about it as a program because we embed it in all our programs. We've got adolescent comes. This one we talk more about the voice changes, body changes, what changes should they expect? Um, how do they treat themselves? How do they groom themselves? Um, shaving and all that, and all that kind of stuff. Um, then we've got, we've got, what we've, um, we've got the boys' Europe trip. Um, that's a, that's an exposure program, as I mentioned before. You know, expose boys who have different talents, those who are talented at swimming, basketball, volleyball, football, you know, to the outside world so that maybe they can be scouted. Um, and, 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 and um, we, we also have what we call the Boys Academic Clinic. We, we mentor boys, you know, when they're going back to school, um, you know, tell them bring some people who are excelled like at the academics and, and mentor them or give them, you know, those tips at how, at how they can thrive in, in, you know, in school or in, in, in that field of academia. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, we have, um, I think that went off my mind, yes, um, we have those programs where we prepare boys who are joining different levels of education. So the boys were in transition. We have what we call the 7 levers program. So now mm-hmm. these are boys who are coming from being, uh, similar to the same thing with Kenya, but primary to secondary. So from primary seven, and now they're joining to senior one. They're coming from being the oldest in primary, and now they're yeah. transitioning to being the youngest secondary school.
0: Secondary
1: school. Yes, yeah, so we, did, we really give those uh, you know those nuggets that how you need to now conduct yourself and be cognizant of the fact that you're now kind of being the oldest, to the youngest. So you know you need to humble yourself, understand the dynamics of secondary school, uh, mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, and substance use. Uh, you know and the relationships and, and all that, and also how you need to focus on your academics and also really academic journey. But we also do um, career career guidance. You know, for, mm. for our boys, you know, right from the start, especially those who are joined secondary school, because really that is where a boy has really researched what they want to be in life. Mm. So yes, those transition programs, even boys who are joining, uh, coming from secondary, going to the university, um, yeah. also do that. Uh, we also guide them and uh, make them really make healthy choices uh, as in, uh, their life. So. Um, that's a really brief about our programs are always evolving, um, mm-hmm. but all in all, it's a whole package to, to, to really to teach the mis uh, the biblical principles of manhood, but also mm-hmm. while well, majorly breaking the misguided traits as I said before, many misguided mm-hmm. traits are there which try to break and then instill in, 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 in a boy a value system that will help them thrive as well.
0: Thank you so much, our um, dear listener, if you would like to know more about uh, the Boys Mentorship Program, you can get that through www.boysmentorship.africa. And of course we'll share it uh, in our our chat. But uh, majorly I'm really thankful for the opportunity to talk about you and know more about Boys um, Mentorship because I believe that um, we, if we can provide uh, girls with areas to build themselves. There's no reason why we should leave the boy behind, and these kind of initiatives are really, really import, uh, important because they help them. You know, sometimes the parents just need someone else. Sometimes you might teach a, a child something, but if he, they hear it from someone else, they then see that it is actually very important and very vital. Because if somebody tells me something, and then someone who does not know me same, tells me the same thing, then it means that thing has truth to it and that is really really helpful so I'm really thankful that you got the time to to share that with us today uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. and uh, I hope that we can discuss more I'm just wondering if the, the sessions are paid and somebody mm-hmm. doesn't have a child who is already of age to be brought can they sponsor another child yeah sure
1: um we have that we have that uh, slogan is boy child today it doesn't matter uh, you can mm-hmm. go to our website. Um, everything is small, if you want to donate, uh, you mm-hmm. can add, you know, you can use mobile money or add your card and be able to mm-hmm. reach your hand and, and sponsor a, a chat and then leave us a message uh, mm-hmm. via our website and there is that mm-hmm. portion where you can give us a message. So we mm-hmm. can also reach out to you and, and send really thanks. But point to note is welcome boys from all denominations, yeah. we'll boys together from all denominations, we believe everybody deserves a chance really um to to listen to this uh or to have or to be mentored yeah thank you maureen for hosting us we appreciate
0: um thank you so much for the time so that was jonathan mwange from the boys mentorship africa a system that makes sure that a boy is mentored um beyond the family so you are free to of course Sponsor a child. If you don't have a child who are ready to go 7 years to 17, you can sponsor somebody else, your, your neighbor, your cousin, anybody that you think can benefit from this program. So thank you so much, Jonathan, for letting me have this session with you. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to the Boy Thrive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about stepping up for boys and men. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions on the topics we discussed. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at @BoyThrivePodcast. Podcast. Don't forget to hit the follow button to stay up to date with our latest episodes and updates. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be the first to know when new content drops. Thank you again for listening to the Boy Thrive Podcast. We appreciate your support and can't wait to connect with you on social media.